nature's object in making animals and plants might possibly be, first of all, the happiness of each one of them, not the creation of all for the happiness of one. Why should man value himself as more than a small part of the one great unit of creation? And what creature of all that the Lord has taken the pains to make is not essential to the completeness of all that unit, the cosmos? The universe would be incomplete without man, but it would also be incomplete without the smallest transmicroscopic creature that dwells beyond our conceitful eyes and knowledge. From John Muir, 1838 to 1914. Hello everyone, I'm Rob McCall and this is the Awanacho Almanac, devoted to feeling at home in nature and breaking down the wall of hostility between us and the rest of creation. This is the Almanac for September 20th to 27th, 2019, the last quarter of the harvest moon. And here are some natural events for this quarter moon. The occasional monarch butterfly paints its solitary bobbing streak of orange and black across land and water to its winter place in the far southwest, California, Mexico. Smaller white and yellow sulfurs, fritillaries, and tiny coppers are active in the little white fall asters. And now and then the long, high, wavering V of migrating Canada geese can be seen in the sky, and their haunting call seems rusty red, like the leaves of the maples, like the backs of the migrating red-shouldered hawks circling below the cliffs of Awanajo in silent concentration on the fields below. Overhead, ravens circle a thousand feet above the summit and then dive and dance in pairs like Fred and Ginger, only more erotic. And next moment, the ravens are screaming, Hawk! and plunging out of the clouds to attack the hawks far below. At certain moments in the shadow of the mountain, we can see that all creatures are engaged in a subliminal, wordless conversation with each other. Cloud, water, raven, hawk, gull, wind, sun, stone, and tree, communicating without a glance their consensus with the Creator who saw everything that had been made and called it good. Here's some wild speculation. Ravens obviously have an antipathy for hawks. Maybe it's because ravens tend to stay in one place, while hawks are great travelers in their fall and spring migrations. Maybe the ravens view the hawks with suspicion and harass them as though they were gypsies, their hobos, moving through town. By the way, the word hawk is borrowed from the vocabulary of the birds. Ravens were yelling hawk with great excitement, in between muttering under their breath, long before any humans developed the power of speech. Your backyard hens use the same word, 
when any large bird flies over, even a seagull, the hens scream, hawk, and run for cover. Here's a field and forest report. The fields are still bright with goldenrod of several kinds. Peterson's Field Guide to the Wildflowers lists more than 25 varieties of goldenrod, and the plants of Acadia lists 18 varieties in eastern Maine alone. Asters, from white to blue to purple, wave along the roadsides while milkweed pods are breaking open to reveal their hidden treasures of seeds carefully packed in silk. Large black and yellow spiders in the meadow and garden spread their dinner plate-sized webs with a distinctive white zigzag line and hung with the shrouded bodies of their prey. They're called, appropriately enough, black and yellow garden spiders. And Blue Hill's first naturalist, Jonathan Fisher, observed and pictured the very same kind, noting in his journal for August 20th, 1825, and August 12th, 1826, I was amused with seeing a wheel net spider within the space of about an hour demolish his old net and construct a new one. With all due respect to Fisher, it was probably her web, not his web. And here's a rank opinion. It remains to be seen whether the human species will succeed on this earth, like the monarch, or the ravens, or the hawks and spiders. We are an immature species, and like other adolescents, we have delusions of grandeur about ourselves. We like shiny and noisy things. We're clumsy and break things. And we make big messes and don't clean up after ourselves very well. But now, it's high time we grew up and joined the rest of the family, as they hope that we will. And finally, a couple of seed pods for you to carry around with you. The first one from Louise Erdrich, born 1954. All through my life, I never did believe in human measurement. Numbers, time, inches, feet, All are just ploys for cutting nature down to size. I know the grand scheme of the world is beyond our brains to fathom, so I don't try. Just let it in. I don't believe in numbering God's creatures. And from John Steinbeck, 1902 to 1968. Can you live without a willow tree? Well, no, you can't. The willow tree is you. Well, that's the almanac for this quarter moon, but don't take it from me. Go out and see for yourself. <laughs>